0: Mm-hmm.
1: So thank you first for letting sure. us do this, coming yeah. here, making the time. I appreciate sure. it.
2: It's fun uh, to still be yeah. asked. Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, and then what, do you have a time constraint on when you need to be?
2: No, I just have probably some family coming in. Okay. All right. Well, no if problem.
1: We can, if we can have an hour or so. or Sure, that's whatever time you time yeah. need. Okay, great. Um, so we already started talking a little bit on yes. some things I want to talk about. I want to talk about the Pearl, but we'll hold on that for a little bit i want to learn a little bit more about you i was Mm -hmm. born in 1987 i started coming here uh, in 2007. Mm -hmm. Uh, so i don't really have any personal knowledge or history with you as the mayor um, but i've obviously heard about you and heard a lot of great things Um, so i'm kind of interested when did you first come to san antonio
2: well, actually, I was a baby in San Antonio, yeah. but sadly, my father passed away when I was just one and a half. Mother was a very young widow, and so uh, she took me and moved with her back to her parents. And uh, my grandfather was in federal government service, and they uh, lived in Omaha, Nebraska, when he was an, a regional mm. attorney, and then was asked to move to, uh, actually new york yeah. so uh and when they w- went up to new york and uh w- they uh, took an apartment on riverside drive and my mother would take me walking along riverside drive and somewhere in the picture there was a uh, handsome gentleman that showed up <laughs> <laughs> and uh, noticed mother and yeah. started buying raisins for me from the raisin yeah. man as kind of an introduction to the nice lady that he would like to get better acquainted with so <laughs> <Raisins>. <laughs> anyway uh, she she he was a uh, okay. North Carolinian and so mother married again uh, you know after several years of being widowed
0: ah, wow.
2: and so I grew up uh, so you grew up in San Antonio in Forest Hills but okay. then what part uh, of town is that pardon
1: what time what part of town is Forest Hills uh, Forest for- Hills, Long Island. Oh, Long okay. And
2: it was in New York City. Yeah. But it's, it, the extended, it's the borough of Queens. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. And it was a lovely community, and I enjoyed being able to grow up there. But uh, we always had our roots in Texas mm-hmm. and had family here. And my father's family uh, was here. Uh, my father was Robert Bruce Banks and. Of course, that's very much Scotch and English yeah. heritage. And his Banks family relatives were all here, so we would come here. And also, Mother's uh, maternal line was here, too. My grandmother Hamilton okay. and Maud Hamilton and uh, her, her family were here, the Hensleys, uh, my cousins. And so... Um, we we never lost touch with San Antonio, yeah. And I remember I had then after mother had married again, was, along came two little brothers, and so I remember mm. you know taking them to Breckenridge Park to the zoo, and there would be riding on the donkeys when the donkey <laughs> barn was operated, and, and wow. uh, one of the very interesting things to me though is going back to my mother's first marriage, you know, before my father passed away. And that would have been Mm. in the early 1920s, because I was born in 1922. And she has this old photograph album. And the thing that's so interesting to me is she is showing a breakfast picnic at the Japanese tea garden. Wow! And why that's interesting to me is that this many years later... I raised well over a million (laughs) dollars to help restore the Japanese tea garden when I was president of the San Antonio Parks Foundation. Oh,
0: wow. So it's just things come around, you know.
2: And at that time, the Japanese tea garden would have been very new. Uh, Oh, yeah. It was just coming into existence, really. And uh, a beautiful garden that had been created uh, by then, a uh, city commissioner, uh, Ray Lambert, and uh, so hmm. it just. Uh,
1: and people are talking now about, I think, renovating it again or adding yeah. some more funds to it and yes. getting it cleaned up. But well,
2: it uh, there have been even improvements since I left because okay. I know they have paved the patio area. Yeah, it was just sort of cobblestones okay. and, and kind of hard to walk on, hmm. but they have paved that. But there is really, the part that I later became so involved in was the restoration of the Jingu House. And that okay. is a whole story in itself. <laughs> right. Because as president of the Parks Foundation, um, we uh, wanted a wonderful project. Uh, one of our board members, who was a very uh, strong contributing board member, had been a former city councilwoman, Bonnie. Uh, and Bonnie uh really uh came on and uh, wanted to do something with the Japanese tea garden mm-hmm. and I knew the minute I heard it that it was going to be a large dollar deal yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. but anyway, I started working on the foundations uh, Bonnie Connor and then okay. uh, then I started working on foundations and raising money and we raised. You know, several million dollars before we were through on that. And of course, we worked in partnership with the city. Yeah. And the city would get bond funds and through parks bonds. And um, I know that we had such a wonderful relationship with our parks director. I thought so much of him. And I know he was appreciative of our work with the Parks Foundation. But anyway, the story of that Jingu house restoration really came to be a lot more than we thought we had bitten off. (laughs) Because we thought it was just kind of going in and kind of shoring up and cleaning up a little bit. And it turned out the Jingu house, which had been there for years, had absolutely no foundation. And so we had to go in and million, a $100,000 retrofit to have a foundation wow. built under it
0: yeah. <laughs>
2: before they could come up and do any further improvements. And that lower floor in the Jingu house just had dirt floors. It had never been paved, so it is all finished Another out. Project, yeah. And then the elevator installed to take you up and down and upstairs, and then the uh, that uh, porch, the screen porch, or uh, screened in, I guess it's now... Uh, more of a glassed in
0: yeah, uh,
2: uh, right. addition that was added as part of the renovation so that the jingu house could be used for functions and luncheons and things like that so um sure. and recently I hosted a bridal luncheon oh, great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's great so, so
1: when did you so when did you move to san antonio full time
2: well we my husband said uh had always had positions uh uh, with organizations as the executive director, for example, and he had been working in the in Dallas mm-hmm. uh, as the executive director of the Better Business Bureau, and uh, was um, at the point where he was kind of ready to move on and through a friend, we learned uh, about an opportunity here the uh, Bayer County Medical Society was looking to uh, seek a full-time executive director to come in and work with the Medical Society. And uh, Sid was contacted about it, and we came down here. For I accompanied him down to San Antonio. And, of course, I we loved Dallas, where we were living. I had graduated from SMU, had a lot of friends there. But I had ties to San Antonio, and I had
0: yeah.
2: uh, an uncle here, actually, who was... One of the noted San Antonio or Texas historians, his name was C. Stanley Banks, and he was the younger brother of my deceased father, Mm. uh, Robert Bruce Banks. Uh, And so Uncle Stanley uh, said, well, come on, I'm going to take you all to lunch. You know, you're going to have this interview, but I'm going to take you to lunch. And he took us to lunch at, at a restaurant that was right overlooking the river. And he said, now, I want you to walk down the stairs with me and take a look at our river. And as I have told the story now many times later, (laughs) if it's possible to fall in love with a river, I fell in love (laughs) with the San Antonio River. I remember looking and saying, oh, I think this is so beautiful. And oh, I just love this. And, And so I said to my husband, if they offer you this position, please take it. I love this <laughs> and place. <he> <laughs>
0: uh,
1: and when did you get involved with the League of Women Voters? I oh, actually, that
2: went back um, actually to when we were living in Kentucky because one time in his career, he was uh, 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 had an executive position as the state director of the National Conference of Christians and Jews in Kentucky. Mm. And there I heard about this organization, the League of Women Voters, and at the time, I didn't know very much about it, Um, and most organizations were sort of invitational, Mm -hmm. and I kept sort of trying to find out, you know, do I know anyone that might help me get into the League of Women Voters? Then I found it was an open membership. Yes, all you (laughs) had to do was say... (laughs) Take me, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'll pay my dues. And, yeah. and so anyway, I, I got involved with the league there. And, was that your um, first interest in government and politics? First, and well, that? I'd been interested before, but yeah. anyway, I really in, in high school and college, I was okay. on the debate team. Oh, uh,
0: okay, yeah Here
2: we go. But uh, anyway, uh, there, uh, the league uh, always has... A study program going and so the study program uh for that time was the constitution that was going to be uh up for revision or amendment uh in kentucky okay. so i i studied and joined the league and first thing you knew i was their expert on the the need for the resident uh, the renovation or uh of the text techs- uh, the uh, Kentucky Constitution so one time they put me as their representative on this big debate and uh, the two uh, one of my colleagues was really uh, a a top state official uh, who was for the amendment or the the repeal of the old Constitution and then we had two statewide lawyers who were opposing and so uh everyone said, "I held my own <laughs> on that debate, <laughs> and it was it was interesting, so anyway, it was just involvement, you know yeah. and
1: was that the background that and made then it
2: later, of course yeah. Texas tried it to get a new constitution, but it never got all the way because uh the Texas Constitution is just so cumbersome, yeah. so, and everybody knows it needs something, but anyway. It just keeps having patches every year, yeah. practically.
1: So, was the League of Women Voters? Was that? But was the God? League
2: of Women Voters then uh, was my springboard to really becoming involved, and then yeah. uh, from there we moved to New York with my husband's position, and then we moved. We, we ended up back though in San Antonio, and in San Antonio. Uh, Well, first, I guess we landed in Dallas. I had to leave Dallas, put Dallas in, because there I became president of the League of Women Voters. Mm -hmm.
0: Um. And
2: then here, when I came, I remember resolving to stay home and mind my own business. It didn't work out. (laughs) (laughs) And so then the first thing I knew, the League knew I was in town, and I'd been president of the Dallas League. And so first thing I knew, I was president of the San Antonio League of Women Voters. (laughs) And then we kept making appearances before the city council to help the council know the right thing to do. (laughs) Yeah, do you remember
1: what kind of issues the League of Women Voters were interested in? We were
2: always very supportive of uh, the council manager form of government. And from time to time, there would be different proposals of altering. uh, And most of the time, the League would be supportive of the the original concept Mm -hmm. so
1: uh well maybe we'll talk about a couple of those things i brought up earlier uh sounds like you were interested in the form of government from an early stage and the government changed a lot while you were a city council member and then when you became mayor uh one thing that changed was council members were elected at large not by geographical districts do you remember when that changed? And I believe you're when you were first elected to council, it was an at-large yes. bid,
0: correct?
2: Well, it was in the first. The um, council at that time was nine members, and uh, nine. Okay. one of the first changes that happened was when it went from a nine uh, to eleven members.
1: Oh, so it was eight plus the mayor, and then it went to yes. 10 plus well,
2: it, the yes, mayor. that okay. it is. It was okay. eight plus the mayor. You. But uh at the in the beginning though the council elected the mayor.
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: And then uh, I think it was in 75 maybe when that was the first time that uh the there was direct election of the mayor and that's when I was elected mayor.
1: Okay. And what kind of effect do you think those changes had on local government and democracy in San Antonio were mm-hmm. did it make do people get more involved when yeah, well, I think that elected from the popular vote. What was that like?
2: I think well in the beginning um, the there was an organization called the Good Government League mm. and it was an organization primarily of local business leaders and community leaders. Um, it I would have to say in honesty it was not totally representative of the mm. entire community. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and I think the people who were in it were very civic-minded people. And so they were trying to make council manager government work because there had been some turmoil in the early days of council manager government. And uh, old city managers had been resigning and council members had ha- been recalled and oh, various wow. term- really tumultuous things had <laughs> happened right after the... the councils were began to be elected, and um, so the they Good Government League yeah. really was created uh, to try to get more stability mm. and get candidates who weren't just out for their own political careers but who were civic-minded people and so forth. I was the first woman that they invited to be on their ticket. Sure. And I can remember when they came to me one day, and Mayor McAllister was in office, and uh, this was in 63, and Mayor McAllister called one day and he said, Mrs. Cockrell, yes, uh, well I have some gentlemen who would like to come and call on you. And I would say, well, fine, and so we set the date, and I thought, What's this about? (laughs) So I looked out that day, uh, and two cars drove up in front of my house. And uh, four or five men got out of each car. And so they came into my living room. We lived over on Mary Louise Drive in Jefferson at that time. And um, their purpose, though, was to invite me to be the first woman candidate on the Good Government League ticket to run. I think, really, I owe uh, something of a debt to a lady who tried to get on the council and didn't quite succeed, Wanda Ford. Wanda was a, a leading conservationist in our city, and she had run, I think it was ran. in 61, for council. and must have run a very good race because it must have gotten the attention of the gentleman. So she she almost go. got elected, you know. Yeah. But So they decided maybe it would be wise to have a woman on the ticket. Hmm. So since I had been out in the public uh, with the League of Women Voters, I was the one they, they had decided might be in addition to the ticket.
1: And do you want to take mm-hmm. off, Jason? We're going to pause. And he'll take off, thanks. Yes, for your shot. to head out. Okay. nice to meet you, ma'am. All, all you. right.
2: You, but you coming. got a little of that. In oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I'll send you the photos. Right. And,
1: yeah, yeah, I yeah. got some great photos. Thanks, for you. I yeah, appreciate it. Have a good one. Um, okay, so, so Wanda Ford was her name. Wanda Ford was her, ran her name. She ran in '61. She ran and in '61
2: and lost. However, it got it, there was a she had a spirited campaign, and it got the attention. I think of the Good Government League, that it would be wise to put a woman on the ticket. And so then, that frankly was a help to me because then I was the one they picked.
1: And the mayor was a part of this good government yes, league at the yes, time. Yes, yes. Okay. Well, the so whole council
2: was at that time. Everybody on the council was elected by the good government league. Now that doesn't mean they were all members of the good government Man. league. Uh, it meant that they that was the good government league group uh, helped to. Go out and try to find persons representative of the community.
1: Okay. So there was no popular vote for city council at that time?
2: Well, oh, the, yes. There the, was. Uh, okay. The um, council was elected. Okay. But in the beginning, uh, I think I was the first under council manager government to be elected mayor by direct vote. By and that people, had taken yeah. a charter amendment. Uh, okay. That occurred. So, were
1: you instrumental in making that charter amendment? Who's well? Who it, yes, that? it
2: was uh, when I was still in office. And yeah. then once the it was there, then I became the Good Government League's choice.
0: Okay. To head
2: the ticket, and, and then pretty soon though, the Good Government League, um, I would say the leadership began to get a little older, and yeah. you know, and meanwhile more areas of the community were coming more to life politically, which was good, you know, Mm -hmm. and wanting to have more of a voice. And so more people were running and had better chances. And so pretty soon some independents began to be elected. And uh, so as time went on, the tenure of the council changed, you know.
1: So when you ran for mayor... Obviously, the, the first woman of a major city to become yeah. mayor. What was that campaign like? Did some people think you were crazy? Did some people think the idea of a woman being mayor was crazy? How, how oh, were you received? I can how remember.
2: Uh, uh, well, uh, first of all, there was a lot of support. Yeah, and that is like because, because I had been a councilwoman, you know, several mm-hmm. times. And people knew that I was hardworking. That I wasn't in it for myself in any way, and that I listened to the citizens and would try to work with people, and so I did have some popular support. And did you have uh, any close elections? And uh, but I always had opposition. Yeah. And um, I, each time I would have a man, and some of the campaigns got sort of on. It takes a man to be mayor, you mm. know. Got in there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So and, they, and the people said no one else but Lila, right? <laughs> <laughs> but
2: I ended up getting getting elected anyway. Yeah. Do you remember yep.
1: any close close elections, or were they all?
0: Did you well? Always have good te- support?
2: Well, a couple. You know, went into a runoff, oh, but again. I I won them. I I guess have won five elections before I got through. Yeah, coming back again.
1: Wow. Um,
2: At that time, else? there were not term limits, but.
1: There were no term limits at the yeah, time. I think I they?
2: served three terms and then uh, one term uh, at a later time.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you served three three consecutive terms as mayor yeah. and then you took some time and off. And then I
2: took time off. My husband, my beloved husband, yeah. was ill. He was having heart problems and
0: but then he you passed
2: away yeah. in, uh, you know, 85. Uh, I think 85. you passed away I, in 85. Yeah,
1: uh, and then you ran. And then I ran again you, in you 89. After, yeah.
2: And was so, elected and for one more term. Yeah. So I served. What really, was that
1: campaign like? Having been removed from it
2: and gone away. Well, it was it was quite different. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I, uh, in the meantime, Henry Cisneros had been elected mayor, mm-hmm. and Henry had Very been poppy, a right? young councilman on my council for the three terms. And, you know, anyone could see he was a bright, shining star going to come on and was going to eventually be the leader and the mayor. Sure was, yeah. And so he was uh, really, uh, you know, in office. And uh, then so he served— I guess it was three terms in there. Then and then I came back and served another term. Did
1: you run against him, or did he step he stepped down and then? He... Uh,
2: there was one one term when we ran, again. he yeah, ran against. Yeah, how, how did that play yeah. out? <laughs> how was well, that Well, I ended up winning. Yeah, uh-huh. we know that. <laughs> but uh, and uh, at one point Nelson was thinking of mm-hmm. running, but at that particular time he didn't. But then later Nelson ran. And that last time I ran, I got defeated. And the reason was, uh, really it was something that I didn't originate, but it was a very unpopular thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: There had been, a, I sort of inherited a problem. And that was the the previous council, uh, before my last term, which was that 89-91 term, the last, the council before, had uh, apparently approved a police contract that had not been explained fully to Mm. the public. It had been uh, mentioned that that contract was going to be uh, costing the city about $17 million over a period, additional money over a period of several years going into the future. It turned out that that was just a combination of each year's additional cost but it but the mm. cumulative effect was not explained fully so it, it and wasn't received so well it, because it, it ended wouldn't... up that people were saying that's a 50 percent increase not a, a and that was used against you know you, but 50 really... million or two increase not a
0: Yeah, 18 million so police contracts back then and still today are big problems in politics
2: well in the first place you know we just all value the police we all know and the firefighters the firefighters actually many times have even a more hazardous job at times although the Mm -hmm. police have it every every time they go out the door well I guess Mm -hmm. the firefighters do every time there's a fire
0: Yeah,
2: but uh, those are hazardous positions and I think we always want to be sure that they and their families are taken yeah. care of and so uh, i've always uh, you know as mayor you serve on the fireman and policeman's uh, pension fund board of trustees and it was always one of my things that i really wanted to be sure that 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 trusteeship um was a working trusteeship mm-hmm. that we really were trying to guard the funds because, some places those funds are not solvent. Um, some of those pension funds, yeah. but I think we got the, got the monies from state legislature and so forth and it help, and I think we have helped to make the funds more solvent.
1: Interesting. Yeah, the the issues with police contracts never have have not gone away since since then.
2: So I know the well, last contract you know, took it, two it's, years uh, plus to, to uh, resolve. The 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 officers have their representatives who are negotiating mm-hmm. with the city, and it's just a uh, uh, you know. You just have easy. to try to get yeah. get something fair on both sides. Yeah,
1: it's not easy. I mean, they, yeah. they deserve everything they get, but at the same time, it's a lot of money. It's a yeah. big part of the budget. Yes, and they,
2: absolutely. And uh, you also try to keep in mind, see, if the camera were going, she, she would yeah. be trying <laughs> to right. be right here. If if uh, you know you're trying to also recognize what other cities are doing that are comparable, Mm -hmm. because you're all in competition trying to recruit.
1: Yeah, that's right. And you
2: have to have your package. Yeah. To be attractive. Yeah. Just like other cities, major cities, and you
1: want the highest quality people possible to fill those positions. Certainly. Yeah.
2: Uh, And of course, San Antonio's salaries ordinarily in the past. Had not been as high as some other cities, and maybe our cost of living was a little lower. But they—they've mm-hmm. um, they've been going up.
1: <laughs> yeah, they certainly have yeah. recently. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you about: Yes, well, we talked about how the the city council changed uh, at large to districts, and then the mayor being elected by popular yes. vote. Have you thought about how the government? should innovate or transform now. One one idea that I've been putting out there um, is that the population of San Antonio has grown quite a bit since the Normally. 60s, right? And the size of yeah. the city too, through annexation, the physical yes. side. Mm-hmm. But our, our city council, our representatives have has been, remained fixed at 10 plus a mayor for as, as long yeah. as most people can remember. Do you think it would help uh, if we added two four six city council members or does that well the I think
2: you just have to do it with care you can grow too large I think some cities get to be unwieldy mm-hmm. uh, you know with maybe too large a council yeah. almost uh, governing body and then it's just hard to get get moving on some issues and <laughs> I'm <grow> right here. <laughs> uh, so um, yeah you know it's just hard to know what to, but certainly you know I've I th- perhaps at some point we might want to we'll increase add few, yeah. maybe another couple of members or something to be able to broaden the representation
1: another yeah another issue that we've been dealing with this past election it's been a a well discussed topic is there was 14 candidates for mayor this past election. In yeah. some districts, there were as many as 10 candidates. Yeah. Uh, some of the candidates didn't even have residency requirement, uh, but yeah. they got through. Other candidates didn't campaign at all. They just did it to put their name on mm-hmm. the ballot. In one case, uh, someone got their name on the ballot who had the same last name as a major candidate and the same first letter of the first name as a major candidate. So it was thought maybe he did that to, d- to distract Discard people. cause confusion. Mayor Ivy Taylor was put on the second page of the ballot yes. in the ballot box. Um, have you thought about creating? We've talked about creating. Maybe you need to get some petitions signed before you can become a candidate, rather than just paying a hundred bucks and taking an oath. You know, maybe you have to go around and get fifty of your neighbors to sign a petition to endorse your candidacy. Have you thought about anything like that?
2: Well, and, wh- and was that a, a problem back when you were running? I, I, was there ever that many candidates? We, we had. Sometimes quite a few candidates. I think, did you see how many were running for me? There air? was 14 that ran for me. I think one time there were 11 running. Really? I, wow. In one of my races. <laughs> it, um, um, you know, we work through.
1: Yeah, the, figure it out. A couple but. of times I
2: had to be in a run just because there were so many. Yeah, in a, exactly. In a but, but a lot of people kind of want to run and get their name out there, and then maybe they can get elected the next time, and look what happened yeah. to Ron. <laughs> yeah,
1: you're right. You're right. But there's. A lot, it seems like there's a lot of candidates who don't take it seriously. Yes, I know. And anyone who does take it seriously, it'd be easy for them yeah, to just right. go and get 25 or 30 signatures. Sure. But anyone that doesn't probably wouldn't go through the trouble. I, I well, think, yeah, um,
2: yeah, yeah. having uh, maybe, in I don't know, yeah. increasing the filing fee for mayor. I'm That's just, a possibility, but we don't be, want to create create too have a financial too, burden. Too I know. Yeah.
1: All right, we're still we're still working that one out. I just uh, <laughs> you know
2: I'm just not sure. I think it's.
1: What do you think uh, about What do you think about our new mayor, or mayor elect, Ron?
2: Uh, I think Ron will do a good job. I think he's very interested, very dedicated, very sincere. Uh, I also thought Mayor Ivy was doing certainly a mm-hmm. nice job, uh, and uh, I, you know, it's I know she was disappointed not to have that second term. Yeah. But um, sometimes that's the way the cookie crumbles, yeah. you know. And yeah. I thought she was extremely gracious in her yeah, remarks afterward, and wishing San Antonio uh, every good thing. And
0: yeah,
2: uh, I hope that there will be some interesting opportunities for her as she develops her own career and with her family. I
1: think, yeah, I think there will be. And, and
0: she's I'm a top-
2: love. She's a very nice person, and I think she worked hard. She had been. A student of uh, planning in through her, you know, college career, she was a city uh, qualified city planner Mm -hmm. and uh, really had a lot of interest in city government.
1: Yeah, and and Ron, I
2: think, is a very talented man and uh, great. You know, was always greatly interested in government and she's a little nippy. That's all right. Um, She's okay. But uh, I think he will do a good job. I think a lot of it is if it, the person genuinely interested. Mm-hmm. Are they just using this as a stepping stone to yeah. something else? But I, if the person really loves San Antonio, so far as I'm concerned, I'm happy to see them do their best right. and see what we can do.
1: Well, on top of a new mayor, we have six new council people yeah. too. So there's quite a quite yeah. a bit of overturn. Yeah. It'll be interesting yes, to see. Yes, that's right. Uh, See how it all works out. Well,
2: sometimes maybe it's good to have a fresh start. I hope she didn't scratch. No, she's all right. right. (laughs) Anyway, um, yeah, uh, you know, I I just, uh, I think San Antonio has been fortunate, and for the most part, we have had very few scandals of any kind. And some cities. Just have a bad reputation about, uh, you know, scandals in city government. But yeah. we have, you know, you know. I think, I think most of, nearly everybody that has served on councils has certainly. Yeah, there's been had the best interest there, of the cities. Yeah, nothing cities like good. the other big cities no, that no, have right. had serious issues right.
0: with.
1: And maybe that's the city manager form of government. I think it may be. Is yes, helpful in mm, yes. that regard.
2: Well, the council, of course, really is the policy making mm-hmm. body, and the management is carrying it out the policies yeah. and and the day to day government, and uh, it may not lead as much into corruption when for example when council members or elected officials have departments that they manage mm. that's more yeah. of an opportunity for patronage so, yeah, or it's something yeah more power it's more yes. it's
1: more power over the execution yes. which gives you yeah yes. there's not as much checks and balances in yes. the way yeah. not only the ideas and the policies but yes. how they're implemented
2: I like council manager government yeah. and even as we have grown i think it's still working well in san antonio
1: yeah i think so too i think so too um, let's talk about the Pearl and the Pearl right. Brewery that's, mm-hmm. why, that's why I reached out to you to begin with I know mm-hmm. it's a, something you're passionate about or, or the Riverwalk is something you're passionate about you mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. the co-chairperson mm-hmm. of the San Antonio mm-hmm. River mm-hmm. Oversight mm-hmm. Committee and uh, so I guess maybe talk about that committee and, and your role mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. and then I want to talk about the extension of the Riverwalk North and how that played into mm-hmm. the development yes. the redevelopment of the Pearl Brewery
2: well, the redevelopment of the river itself, the whole river, was a project that took about 16 years. Wow. My co-chairman, uh, co-chairman with me, we were equal uh, yeah, chairs. Irby, Irby uh, Irby yeah, Erby Hightower. That was erby Hightower. And Irby is, was just so smart, and he's a, a, an architect by profession. Yeah. And so he was able to bring in a lot of his own very wonderful knowledge about architecture and building and things like that and what i brought to the team was my knowledge of government and projects and how to keep projects moving sure and so i think we made a wonderful team i enjoyed working with irby i had a great respect for him and what he has contributed in professional time yeah um i'm you know I'm out there, but uh, for a lot of this, I was supported by a wonderful husband, yeah. and I wasn't trying to have an outside job, and as you know, council at that time, you know, was not monetarily remunerative, no. you know. No, no. <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> and uh, even when you got to be mayor, I think you got an extra 3000 a year, and yeah. so you got. Maybe
0: yeah.
2: forty Some forty two hundred or something yeah. as being mayor, <laughs> but uh, so it was nice to have an outside source of income. In my case, it was a husband, an employed husband. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, what I think I keep thinking my my own feelings about that period of time was that I always simply want to express my appreciation to the citizens of San Antonio for having given me that opportunity. And it just, I wouldn't have had any of those wonderful experiences if I had not been given the opportunity by the vote of the citizens. And I just, I'm always grateful and uh, just always wanted to be responsive to their needs and wanted to work with them on projects.
1: Yeah. So getting back to the Pearl. Yeah. So the Pearl, what's ironic about the Pearl is that... The reason it's, like many things in San Antonio, the river was, mm-hmm. you know, people needed the water. And yeah. to make the beer yeah. in the 1890s, you needed yeah. the water right mm-hmm. on the riverbank. Um,
2: well, and- uh, in that extension, I, I was passionate about that extension. Yeah. And, but it started long before the Pearl.
0: Yeah. The,
2: my reason for the passion was the San Antonio Museum of Art. Yeah. I was on the board of the, the San Longstar Antonio Brewery Museum built. of Art and i always dreamed about the fact that it would be so wonderful if the river cruisers could come up to the museum and it could be part of a more of a visitor's tour so that they could come up and there was a beautiful entrance built mm-hmm. to the museum from the river and so uh, all all the time i think that i was at the museum and I've served in several capacities. I was on the board a number of years, but I was also, at one point, the development director for the museum. And so um, I kept thinking, oh, I just wish so much that this river could be extended, you know, to the north. The, the river development yeah. could be extended. And of course, the, we then as on the River Oversight Committee, I had the opportunity to help make that happen that through, yeah. the the problem with the uh, river extension uh, to the north to the pearl was uh, trying to cover the funding
0: mm-hmm.
2: and in the going south there the extension was longer but because it was a, a, a flood control project as well mm-hmm. drainage and flood control there were federal grants available And so, you know, a lot of federal dollars were brought in, whereas the northern part had to be primarily paid by local government. And uh, so uh, one of the things that I particularly was concerned about was that that the original proposal that was considered as, as the development was planned to go north was there was going to be a dam built um, right around Josephine Street. Yeah. And if that had happened, the barges, the river cruisers could not have gone all the way up the river. Okay. And so I was one of the people who pushed and pushed and pushed <laughs> to have the design. It, it added cost. Yeah. But I thought in the long term, we're talking about fifty, a hundred years to the future, <laughs> that that cost, you know, can be overcome, but this is our opportunity when we're doing this big river project. Yeah. If we don't do it now, it'll be another twenty five or fifty years yeah. before we it's done. So I kept pushing for that and I was so thrilled when we got a go ahead. Well, we the the southern part was so much easier to do in many ways because of the federal grants. Yeah. And but coming north, every penny counted because it was uh, you know city and <laughs> county local, money yeah. that uh-huh. was going to be going into that pro- that project. And uh, I remember getting to the point where, uh, in order to keep. the the river barges navigable all the way up to the Pearl, uh, there was an additional amount of money that was going to be required. (laughs) And at that time, Mayor Hardberger was in office. And the amount was about $5 million. And uh, the budget was very tight at that time for the city. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he, Mayor Harburg is a good businessman. Yeah. And he, I think, was kind of weighing whether or not he really ought to be spending that $5 million or try to hold it over for some future time. And I wanted the project now. <laughs> and so I went and had a little talk with yeah. Phil. And uh, as I have confessed to friends... I didn't cry, but he may have thought I was going to. <laughs> he <didn't get> it. <laughs> so you persuaded him <laughs> to come up with the five million. <laughs> anyway, before I left his office I had a promise. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, Okay, I'll, I'll do that for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That's right. So you got Anyway, the money. so we got that yeah. extra five million and um, and we were able to then do the project. Yeah. It was it was so hard to find that. Upper reach, just because the money all had to come from city and county.
0: Yeah, and, then and that, so
2: then, then the you know everything went smoothly once we had all the money. But the
1: so when did so the promise from the city
2: mm-hmm.
1: to to build that extension? Yeah. that predated obviously a lot of the development at the Pearl. And yes, that development at that wouldn't. time
2: it, there were there were things there okay. that were having some beginning life yeah. at the Pearl. Of course, uh, up to the museum. The museum that far yeah. was we knew was great. Yeah, but and then going on that
1: extra stretch, it know. just
2: they just thought, well, we ought to finish it up and yeah. go as far as we can. And we went as far as that Josephine barrier.
1: Yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to imagine if yes. if Kit Goldsberry would have <laughs> invested the money in things like Hotel yes. Emma if it were not for the yeah. Riverwalk Extension. One of the first kind of hit restaurants, yeah. uh, La Gloria, was right on yes. that extension part. Yes, uh, yeah. The river, all the apartment buildings now up there. So. Yes,
2: it, it it has been a springboard for enormous yeah. development. Yeah, and so the whole Pearl development has been fantastic.
1: Yeah, it really has. What did what do you remember about? The brewery and the operating in the brewery operating when you were mayor, um, and the surrounding areas and because that the surrounding neighborhoods have transformed quite a bit since the development. But the
2: brewery, of the mayor, I don't remember much about.
1: Really? Yeah, it was just kind of. But it was a ma- it was a major part of you know central location in the city. Yes, but I, I don't
2: remember when it stopped operation.
1: It's yeah, it stopped in uh, I think it was two thousand one after mm-hmm. it had changed hands a few times. 68 was kind of the heyday. Yeah. Or the the kind of 68, 69 was when the family sold the brewery I to see. a corporation. Yeah. So that was kind of the height or the last hurrah of the yeah. brewery. And mm-hmm. ever since they sold mm-hmm. it off, it started declining.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, do you remember the Kaler family
0: at all? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay.
2: Um, and, of course, I remember that the Japanese tea garden uh, actually – was in part over land of the Kaylor Park.
1: Okay. Interesting. And, um, yeah. And the, it,
2: part of it is on the Kaylor Park land, and part on Breckenridge. From, mm. uh,
1: and did you ever meet Kit Goldsbury? Who Kit Goldsbury, the Silver Ventures? Oh, oh sure. Yeah. What can, sure. You, what can you say about Kit? What do you know?
2: Oh, I think uh, he has. Uh, he's fortunate to, to have. Position of affluence, and, yeah. and but he has certainly used it to help San Antonio. Mm-hmm. I think he's a very civic minded person, uh, he, I think he's a very private person, he doesn't yeah. go out and yeah. flaunt his uh, ability to no. do things. But I, I'm a very appreciative of Kit and uh, just appreciate so much what he has done in helping to create the Pearl,
1: yeah. Um did you ever did you ever have any ideas of what might go on that property after it had shut down, or when did you when did you first hear that that Kit had bought the property, or do you remember anything about what might happen or prospecting what might happen with that? Well, property?
2: I did hear that Kit had bought the property, and I thought, oh my, now things are going to happen. Okay. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> he's going to do something with that, yeah. and I thought that was wonderful. And of course, it um, I think has gone beyond anyone's original expectations and yeah. it, it took off it was a great location great idea and uh, uh, certainly I appreciate and admire Kit Goldsberry and what he has contributed
1: yeah very good um, let's see where we're at here it's almost noon is that okay if mm-hmm. we keep if, it's almost mm-hmm. noon is it okay if we keep Choo-choo. going a little bit okay um, I wanted to ask so you were a council member when the model cities program yes legislation was passed Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i think you were instrumental in in bringing that some of that funding to san antonio yes what uh that that funding was for basic infrastructure like sidewalks streets street lights mm -hmm. drainage um what kind of effect did that funding have and what was the state of the infrastructure in san antonio at the time Uh,
2: well i think it had a very interesting effect uh first of all um One of the things about the Model Cities program was that it required citizen participation Mm. in the planning process. And that was perhaps one of the first times we had really taken that, our government had taken it seriously. Mm. It always elected officials had done the planning with their staffs and and doing it the professional way and all of that. But Model Cities required an advisory board. And the advisory board, the Citizens Policy Participation Committee is what it was called. And that advisory board had to have elected people from the districts that were going to be in the program. And so it, uh, it brought a lot of really grassroots yeah. from the neighborhoods into the planning process. It was very interesting to me because one of the things that came out of that was that their their group finally grew to be a little bit of a conflict between two of the committees Mm -hmm. because the housing committee was trying to produce as much new housing, uh, whether it was low-cost private housing or more public housing, Mm so that more people would have better housing than than they had and then there was the education committee and they were somewhat worried about how many more children were going to come from all this new housing and whether the school districts edgewood and some of the other school districts were going to be able to handle it because their tax base was not very ample at that time and hopefully it has increased some and there have yeah. been some equalization funds but uh, it, it was interesting that the goals both groups had good goals yeah. and yet they the impact of a lot more families a lot more children coming in was obviously going to be an impact on the school systems sure. yeah. so it was it, there were there were a lot of a lot of uh, tensions between different sectors Uh, and the the citizen involvement. So it was a a very interesting process.
1: Yeah, it seems like, yeah. And
2: uh, to me, the basic thing probably was that that whole movement finally led to the organization called the COPS, Communities Organized for Public Service, kind of grew out of that effort of, of citizen participation in the Model Cities program.
1: Interesting, yeah, and they're, they're thriving now and, and yes. growing, yes. And, and certainly civic engagement in, in actual processes of government is becoming more popular. We're seeing, mm-hmm. uh, I just went to a kind of a seminar, uh, an event last week about participatory budgeting where the city actually allocates a discretionary fund, maybe 50 or $100,000 for a group of, of appointed citizens um, to choose what projects to fund with that money based on proposals yeah. brought in by citizens, and we're seeing that happen o- around cities all over the world. Even I think Madrid, Spain, dedicates 60 million euros of their budget every year hmm. to citizen proposed uh, projects right. and yeah. funds. So, well, that's nice we see idea. that we see that trend. Um, we you know growing. we can
2: always learn if we keep learning what what other people are thinking and doing yeah. too, and adopt yeah. those ideas that that are good that someone else happened to think yeah. of first
1: and the, the city council actually went to madrid and spain last year and they were briefed on this mm-hmm. process uh you mentioned before we started recording that you were taken you went mm-hmm. to china correct mm-hmm. with a with a mayor's council of some kind yes mm-hmm. uh do you remember anything about that trip or what um uh, what when you it? went to china you said you went to- oh yes oh yeah. yes
2: Oh uh, actually uh, first I was invited to go to Taiwan the okay. People's Republic Okay. The no, the the, uh, uh, the Republic of China is what they called themselves at that time. Okay. Uh, the uh, the uh, mainland group was the People's okay. R- Republic. Um uh, anyway first I went to Taiwan and it was a very interesting trip of course there let's see i remember flying into tokyo first and then to taiwan and um it was just a lovely trip and of course taiwan was very different at that time from the mainland government yeah and uh, i just uh, enjoyed the scenery i enjoyed the uh, seeing everything their communities that were thriving and in uh in the capital city there was a beautiful museum uh, the palace museum mm-hmm. and saw many of the wonderful chinese works of art that shang kai-shek and his wife had brought out when they left mainland china and to form this new colony or new new government at taiwan and those were all in the, the uh, museum uh, yeah. there wow and uh, then of course Later, there the cha- there were changes in the mainland, and uh, so later I got to go to Beijing, and it was a very different uh, trip, very different place. And uh, I remember uh, starting a little thought yeah. process. In in we had been visiting, we were entertained by what was called the People's Revolutionary Committee in each city we went to. That was the city council. Okay. It was called the People's Revolutionary Committee. That. We got to Shanghai, and again, I saw a council of all men.
0: hmm
2: So I was the only woman. I know there were two women on our delegation. One was Janet Gray-Hayes, mayor of San Jose, California, okay. but the rest were all men. Anyway, they went through this, all this same litany about we, we were we're now a modern government and all, and all of this, you know, mm-hmm. and, and um, uh, then they asked for questions. And so I held back and let the men all ask questions. <laughs> and finally, I have raised my hand, and uh, they had a big picture of Chiang shek And I said, I have heard it said that Chiang shek has said that women hold up half the sky. And yet, as I look at your city council, I do not see any women. <laughs> what did they see? I just left it. <laughs> and so the chairman said, Oh, uh, yes, 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 yes. Chairman Mao has said women hold up half the sky. That's correct. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they weren't so, ready to discuss uh, that. No. Yeah. So anyway, I just asked the question. I didn't criticize it. I just yeah. said, I do not see it's any a fair women. Point. Right? <laughs> so that night at dinner they were waiting for me we went to the formal they always have a formal dinner or banquet uh-huh. so at the door they, they were all Mayor Cockroft, Mayor Cockerell, and we have a special table for you <laughs> it was all women oh. <laughs> so at my right there was a distinguished woman who was a professor of phys- physics at their university in talking to her though she had just been back in that position for two weeks because, under the previous regime that had been a change, she had been a field worker mm. out in the field
0: wow.
2: to my left was the only elected official they could come up with, and it was kind of a minor functionary i call it like a it wasn't it was lower than a county commissioner i mean it wasn't even it wasn't yeah. as high as a commissioner or a council yeah. person. It was like a precinct chairman or something, okay. but she whatever it is, she was an elected official. But she she did not speak English, yeah. and so her role, I could tell she had never been to this kind of a dinner before. Um, and she sat there and she giggled the whole night. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I felt sorry for her. She was a sweet-looking little person, but she couldn't. We couldn't communicate. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I hmm. I got to talk to the lady on my right who was a distinguished professor. And I was thankful for her that at least she was now back in her role as a distinguished professor, mm-hmm. you know. But she yeah. had been out, put out to pasture wow. as a gardener or something.
1: It's a different world, yes. right? Yes, <laughs>
2: it was a different world.
1: Yeah. Um, I know you were writing a book called San yes. Antonio, I Love You, right? Uh, San
2: Antonio, I love you. Yeah. Yes. What what
1: what do you love? You mentioned the river. You fell in love with the river when yeah, you first saw yeah. it. What what do you love about San Antonio besides the river? There are
2: many things I love about San Antonio. And um first of all, uh I had not lived in a city before San Antonio that had the rich culture, the multicultures that yeah. we had here. And um I've lived in New York, and New York is multicultural, but mm-hmm. little bits of, of multicultural. Here, there, yeah. here we have large Hispanic uh, Mexican heritage
0: yeah.
2: and Anglo heritage and uh, a smaller amount of uh, Afro-American heritage. Yeah. And we have a multicultural city, but the Hispanic uh, flavor of the city is... Uh, is something that was new to me, yeah. and I liked it. You know, I don't want to just put it down to mariachi level, but I love yeah, mariachis, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but it's much, much beyond. Uh, I think we're very privileged to have had a branch of the University of Mexico here, oh, yeah. uh, the Cultural Institute, and many uh, Mexican, uh, uh, Mexican descent citizens, yeah. some first-generational or... or or sure, multi-year me, yeah. generational mm-hmm. and uh it's it also is a city of opportunity i look i was so proud of what the the two young castro brothers have done mm-hmm. you know whether you whether you're a democrat or republican or whatever you are you have to admire the fact that here their mother and their grandmother were so strong and uh, helped those two young men uh do what they did and get yeah. the kinds of education that they yeah. did. They were bright, but uh, there are a lot of bright young men who don't, you know, have the perseverance, True. you know, get scholarships to Stanford or Harvard or whatever, you know.
1: Yeah, they went after it. They
2: went after heard. it <laughs> they, they they planned their programs, but they had the encouragement of of dedicated mom and and in their case primarily yeah and uh so you it's it's a city though where opportunity is possible you know and there are some cities that unless you're in some inner circle or Mm -hmm. in the right political party and the right time or something that you just have no chance of really doing anything yeah and that's one of the things
1: that attracted me to the city was i think it's it's a very
2: open city and to fertile ground um, yes. to, to try new things and, and open to ideas and yeah it's not you know.
1: overcrowded yet yes. at least like no. Austin has right. been just uh-huh. too too many mm-hmm. people there so it's mm-hmm. it's still spread out nicely. Yep. There's still development, things are happening. We're we're not we're not um we mm-hmm. haven't subjected ourselves yeah. to just an overcrowded right. traffic mm-hmm. jam mm-hmm. city mm-hmm. yet. So right. it's yeah mm-hmm. it's a good spot I think right now especially in mm-hmm. yep. the pro the Pearl Brewery is right an indication, I think, of that right. kind of recent I'm change. I'm beginning to kind of run right? short, right. short of time we'll cut, a little we can bit. We cut it short. Uh, anything
2: uh, else in particular that you'd like to talk no, about? No, no. Kind of I mean, I got everything I it. needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank well, you so again, much. Well, yeah. again, I just uh, am, will always be grateful to the citizens who voted for me who let me have the opportunity. <laughs> Do you have if any I, ideas
1: for voter turnout?
2: Do hmm?
1: you have any ideas to increase voter turnout? The, uh, the voter turnout, get more people to vote? Do you have any oh, ideas?
2: You, they have to have some real excitement. You have yeah. to get. It's good to have a, a lot of controversy to, and yeah. people decide what they want to do, and, and you know, a spirited campaign on both sides is good, yeah. because then people feel motivated to to really go.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're, um, we're working on that one still. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, all right. I
2: guess city elections, for some reason, have never brought out as many people as You think they should he... be
1: moved to November? Or are you worried
2: well, about that? Well, I, I don't know. There's so many that. issues on the ballot in November yeah. that it's hard to compete with all the different offices, all yeah. the judges, all the, you know, so many it's a long yeah, ballot in it November.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that may happen. May. Ron Ron Nuremberg is a proponent of that. As so our he... new mayor, yeah, yeah. So and that would increase voter turnout, but is that is it the quality and then muddling everything together is that, and then good?
2: it just um, having such a long ballot, yeah. Uh, I and there's, you know, so many people go in, and they vote one, they pull a yeah. Republican or a Democratic lever,
0: mm-hmm. and you they couldn't do end. that yeah. with the, the city
2: council <laughs> runs, uh, not on national political affiliations. Yeah. So you run yeah. on, on in effect as nonpartisans. Uh-huh.
1: Well, we'll see what happens. I, th- I
2: think it will be difficult.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, we can.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I I wish Ron all good luck. I think he'll yeah. be. I think he'll be a good mayor, and I think he's very I think dedicated.
1: So I think he's very so. dedicated. He ran a strong campaign. He has yes. a lot of support, and he he seems to be mm-hmm. wanting to mm-hmm. make the city better mm-hmm. in all parts of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. It'll, I think it'll be a, a good time for San Antonio and ivy mm-hmm. ivy was good for san antonio too mm-hmm. so yeah. we're lucky i think you're to have right. good good candidates so
2: well i appreciate your yeah thank you remember i'm still alive yeah. <laughs> come to <laughs> see me Conker's still here we'll, we'll yeah i'll come yeah, back still have visit. opinions yeah mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> thank you so much for doing you're this. very welcome all right